This is a download from MFR. The 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti. I think society would kill number five now. I don't think the kids would like it. They'd be like, oh, can I plug my Dr. Dre headphones into it? It's like, shut your face. <laughs> Mummy and Daddy had to, had to sell your brother to buy you that. So would I know any of his big hits? The Stroke in the Dark. That's two different songs. <laughs> that's, gonna say, that's, that's more than just two different songs. The Stroke in the Dark. That'll get you chucked at the cinema. That'll get you thrown at the cinema right there. In the wood. It's the facial expression. Just, that's amazing. Just stop, just stop looking at me. Don't look at me. The 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti. Welcome to episode five of the 80s Rewind again podcast. Five, count them. How many fingers am I holding up? Three. Count them again. Technically, I don't count a thumb as a finger. How many now then? How many now then? Five fingers. fingers. We'll get there in the end. Episode five of the 80s Rewind again podcast. Episode five. Episode five. I'm sure we've mentioned it a few times. I am Paul Stevenson from the 80s Rewind show, Tuesday nights, 7 till 9, MFR 2. And alongside me, as always... It's Gino from Gino Nikki at breakfast. In the mornings, we're up early. Okay, I just wanted to give myself a quick... Let me tell myself, yeah. Yeah. Your stopwatch isn't working. Oh. I think I broke it. Why have In I fact, got... it was broken before I picked it up. Okay. Um, anyway. Yep. So we're yeah. we getting on. We're good. We're good. We are. We're doing really good. And this is episode five. I'm sure we've mentioned that before. And it is a Christmas special. Christmas time. Now, I've been taking singing lessons for Christmas because oh, oh. I want to prove my singing. And I'm basically getting singing lessons from a guy that was that was actually vocally trained by Johnny Mathis. So far, I've just got a bit of the humming going on. You want to hear it? Go for it. Hold on. I must have been about. Mm-hmm. What do you think? It's that lesson one. How much have you paid for that? It's seven pound fifty an hour. <laughs> hey, which, I'll do his standards. Ready? Bad, ready? Like... Is that not the same thing you just did? <laughs> Sounds very similar. Wait, no. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. This yeah. is how you distinguish yep. between Johnny Mathis, Child is Born, and his standards. Right? You ready? Okay. <laughs> See? Wow. You just jump right in, in there. I'm, I'm doing, doing something new. I'm being creative. It's not even New Year yet, and I've made a resolution to sing. I'm sure everyone is delighted to hear that, and uh, I'm hoping your uh, lessons do pay off in the end. Anyway, Christmas in the 80s. It was never better Christmas than the 80s, was it? No, I Let's mean... Let's be honest. The best thing about Christmas in the 80s, you knew by midday your toys were broken. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Things were hanging off, and yeah, yeah. that's just the way it was, and you had no batteries to make them work. But you the loved it. You, you loved them. it. There you go. Right. I remember getting this space set... Right, at some point during the 80s, it was a space set and it was all like air, so there was air pumps either side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you used yeah. to ping the spaceships through and stuff like that, and it was tubes, right? Halfway through playing that, me and my Italian, not really behaved cousins, these are the sort of guys that used to take photos up, like my cousin's scuts and stuff like that. They dropped their changes to pick up and anything. Anyway, we'd halfway through playing it, one of my, my, um, my little cousin Giovanni had one of the poles and he'd made like a sort of like um, like a massive like a tribal pea shoot out of it oh, right, okay. and he's going to be yeah, it's like I was going to get poisonous darts so I was like <laughs> calm down and stop watching Indiana Jones Temple of Doom indeed so yeah that was 80s Christmas but uh, in terms of songs I don't think there's a better decade for Christmas songs than the 80s you can look through all the lists you go to any top 10 list you type in always near the top you've got all the big 80s tunes in there I mean, you might get the odd Slade thrown in, you might yeah. get a couple of these sort of wizard yep. things, but majority of them are all going to be 80s tunes. And one of them changed the world. You're talking about John and Louis? No, because oh, he right. changed the face of rugby. He, he became a fantastic no, that's, that's rugby player. No, that's John Lomu. Yeah, that's, what he's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. He is, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a big South African boy. No, he's from New Zealand. <laughs> right? And he's massive. I saw him play rugby once at Moneyfield in Edinburgh. Wow. You know, he could take you out. He could probably John and Louis? Aye, the rugby player. He's got a bit of stubble I nowadays. Used... He did the song about the kitchens and stuff and parties and that. No, you're not thinking Ainsley had it. <laughs> oh my all... word, what is happening? They all look alike. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need your eyes tested. I'm sure what you were referring to, of course, was Band-Aid. I was talking about the rugby player. The winger, he was a winger. Run like, oh, it's like, build like a tank, runs like a, like a speedboat. Runs like a speedboat. Big massive, he'd take, <laughs> yeah, he'd take us both out. If you and I were to go arm in arm, you know, given that, you know, divided we, we fall, together we stand. John Lomu would be like, ah, boof. I'm sure and then he'd sing his Christmas song. Because <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like the physical, like, basic personified Calvary. He's like, and I said to him once, because I met him one time, and um, we were at a theatre and stuff, and afterwards, he goes, you come to the party afterwards, I says, where are you? But he goes, you'll find me in the kitchen. Because it's a party, you'll always find me in the kitchen. 
Anyway, yeah, stop the cavalry. We might as well talk about it now, since we we're talking about rugby. I'm sure there's a connection there somewhere. Because John Aluma. Yep. South African, New Zealand. Is he South African? South African. He's from New Zealand. The guy you're talking about. The guy I'm talking about is uh, very much British. Jonah Louis. Jonah Louis. Stop the cavalry. Anyway, go to number three in 1980. But did you know it wasn't actually a Christmas song originally? Well, it doesn't really sound like... Did he not put post-production into it to make it sound more Christmassy? In the end, yeah, it was um, It was a song about the war, obviously. Um, and it, I think it was the number one in France before it was released here in the UK, but it was in the summer. It was the number one in France in the summer. And uh, everyone kind of picked up on the I wish I was at home for Christmas line. And then it kind of got released over here, and it's just been a massive Christmas song since. I wish I was at home for Christmas. Just because it's got that one Christmas that favorite. one line kind of changed the, the fate of that song. And to be honest with you, the fact that you hear it every year at Christmas has probably held, helped its legacy. Helped yeah. his legacy. Do you know if it, if it have been royalties? Exactly. If it had been just a, another random song from 1980, you might not have remembered it. It's just another song ticking that Christmas checklist. It yeah. certainly is. Do you so. think maybe if, if Motorhead put on AC Speeds <laughs> like a Christmas reference, it might be a Christmas song? If you were to give me, baby, any man, you win some, lose some, it's all Christmas to me. Somebody's just going, hey, that's a Christmas song right there. The Ace of Snow Shovels or something, I don't know. Yeah, something different like that. Anyway. Yes, so we are talking about big 80 songs, and I'm sure you meant to say the one song that changed the world was Band-Aid. It's Christmas time. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Good. I'm just trying to add a bit of suspense. <laughs> well, I'm just broke it. I've just broke it. I mean, when you look back at it now, can you can you believe that it kind of all came together so quickly? And you think of the massive stars that were involved, and it was a complete one-off. And it wasn't for the, the driving force of Bob, who kind of dragged Midge in, who kind That's of right. did it all. If it wasn't for them two, then it, it probably wouldn't have got off the ground at all, would it? No, I mean, Bob Gelder was affected by what was going on in Africa. Yep. He had this sort of network of friends. Midge had been one of them. Great singer-songwriter. They got together, back at a taxi, here we go, dum de dum de dum And there was all this, and it was all just written about the famine and, and what was going on over there. I mean, I remember um, just just seeing the video for it and seeing all these celebrities together, thinking, oh my word. Yeah. How have they got them all? It, was, it had never it been done that, before. It was that it was that just... brought it home to everybody, I think. I mean, we'd heard about the famine, and it was kind of it was kind of end of news kind of stories, wasn't it? But I think it was a big documentary that he saw about it and kind mm. of picked up on it, and, and Band-Aid really made it famous around the world, didn't it? It really raised the awareness of the plight in Ethiopia and all that kind of stuff. You but... put this way, Bob Geldof's not the first Irishman to ask you for money. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, and it was a fact as well that Bob Geldof called in. I don't, I don't, he's not getting a favour left, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> he called in everyone and everyone that yeah. could have been there was there. It was just, just unbelievable. And they thought, well, it was turned around and like recorded in a day, produced in a day, was yeah, it? And yeah, then that it was, was so it. Ridiculous. I mean, when you when you look back at the video now, you kind of see it all and Paul Young standing there doing the opening line and all that kind of stuff. And But it was actually recorded in a kind of about fashion. Um, they recorded yeah. all the, the choruses and all that kind of stuff first, just because they had all the cameras in there, all the, the photographers, all that sort of stuff. So they got the snaps of everyone giving it the feed away, right, all that group, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. That's it, everyone getting out of the taxis and stuff. And it was like, see you later, ta-da, boom, out the door, kick them out the bum, shut them out the door, shut the doors, get the proper singers in there and get the, the lines done. And what I love about most of the people in Badid, when you look at, see the Spander Ballet boys, you see the Duran Duran boys, you see like Boy George, yeah, yeah. Um, you've got Paul Young, um, so many different you've got Banana Ram and all that there's so many different other ones they're all just mates at the time it was all still when we spoke up to the Proclaimers uh, in the last podcast um, there, the fact that they made about the fact that everyone got on for everyone they used to meet at the yeah. Corinthian Hotel and it just looked like everyone was having a great time it was all really probably the only chance they get to not yeah, travel about true, to yeah. be in one place for a, a period of time and stuff and when you look back now it is, it is quite a dated video um, but it's a total snapshot of the era. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I think God, it's quite yeah. cool. Yeah, 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 definitely. And biggest selling Christmas single, well, biggest sing- selling single ever until and Candle in the Wind came around. I think that's what. 97, yeah, that's right, yeah. Okay, Elton John. And I feel as well, we've had the sort of banded, we've got the banded 20. Yeah, yeah. Um, Don't forget the 89 version. Well, the 89 version, that's right. So there's what been three versions? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I just feel I love the story behind the 89 version because I think Bob kind of did the old phone call Pete, Pete, we need something now, we need something current, get some artists together. And I think Pete Waterman was supposed to be getting married the next day, cancelled his wedding, said, Right, that's it, I'm going to get Jason and Kylie and all that kind of stuff on the phone. Got uh, who else was in there? Bross was in there, I think. And a lot of other people kind of got them all together and kind of revamped it in the kind of Pete Waterman style that yeah. they usually did. And again, it was a massive single, uh, three weeks at number one. It's We let him light and we banish shade. 
And again, like we said in one of the podcasts, that podcast from Hadricassi, was that podcast number three, was it? Yep, yeah. that's it, yeah. Good memory. And the fact that um, the 1980s, the stock kicking and Waterman influence, there was just that sound, and then they basically put that and put that stamp on a bandy tune. But yeah. the bottom line's raising the money, and we all bought it. Yeah, certainly did. As I said, three weeks number one, so. And when you look back, especially the 84 version, to keep Wham off the top spot last Christmas, that is the, what is it, the biggest selling single never to make number one, something like yeah. over a million copies. Just phenomenal. Short of Vienna Ultravox, not to get number one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Last Christmas, um, to me, is is an excellent tune. But I do feel that even then, George Michael had separated himself from Wham. Yeah, slightly. Yeah. If you think, if you look at Kayla's Whisper, if you listen to Kayla's Whisper after, after listening to Last Christmas, to me, it's just it's just George Michael. Mm. You know, I know predominantly yeah, he uh, is the singer of Wham and whatever else, and Andrew Wesley just played the guitar and, what, and looked good and whatever, but I just feel he'd already made his mind up that that was the future. You oh, know, yeah, it only lasted maybe it was another year or so. Because I think uh, last, uh, last Christmas came out again the year after and didn't do two, I think it got number six. Then they tried to release it for a third year in a row uh, once the band had split up, but I think anyway, no one had a chance that time. But. Last Christmas... Do you want to know some more amazing facts about last Christmas? I've got them right what, here. Christmas 2011? No, last no. Christmas. The, 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 Where'd you go? You were the family. Sorry, what? No, oh, last wham. Christmas. Wham. I remember Christmas 1987. I just want to think about no, Joanna Luma's um, New Zealand what, what, um, what rugby game. About, hey, hey. You said, do I know some facts about last Christmas? I'll tell you, I only got four chip blatters last Christmas. I was raging because everyone else got five. I bet you were. I bet you were. I'm, I'm trying to talk about the Wham song. Oh, what? I think it meant last yeah. Christmas. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, it's been uh, a massive, massive song in Germany where it's entered the German singles charts every year since 1997. Believe it or not. And is it singing in German? <laughs> I don't think so. Hans Wunz van. And in total, it's spent 94 weeks on the German singles chart, that song. It's like the biggest, they love it over there. No wonder, no wonder he just smokes and drives nowadays. <laughs> hey, no wonder he's even bothered about parking his car. He's just like, I'll just hit this shop window, that'll be, that'll be fine. <laughs> Do you know the cor- I think the correlation between George Michael's hair and the Hasselhoff's hair, I think that's kind of something going on there where the Germans love him so much. Do you think so? Because, kind of, um, yeah, cause, yeah. Hair. I mean, could you imagine if they combined that? If the Hoff had got his sort of mullet-esque... He's done a duet. Uh, or got it bleached. Oh, my word. But George Michael had fantastic hair. And George Michael, right, the only guy in the 80s, short of Crockett and Tubbs at Mamma Vice, <laughs> that could that could carry off the T-shirt and yeah, suit jacket, yeah. you know? Well, I cool. mean, look at Phil Collins. He had no jacket required. Do you know why? Because he knew he couldn't carry off the jacket and T-shirt combination. That because he tried to get into a, a restaurant and got told got turned away because he didn't have a jacket that's and right, stuff. That's that, right, that's right. Yeah. Anyway. And then he made the point and then he faxed his wife and went, it's over! <laughs> yeah, or the other way around. Didn't he, didn't he spend the whole of the 80s writing songs about his wife because oh, he did, he did. Oh, she cheated on with a yeah. painter decorator? In fact, did he, not, kind of stuff. I think, did he not start that in Genesis? What was that in too deep? What was that to do? Phil Collins. Anyways, another massive Christmas song. Doesn't get any bigger. Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, snow has fallen all around all us. All around us. Children playing, having fun. Certainly are. Yeah, but look at the... Not nowadays. It's a season, no? That fun is just pulled from them. (laughs) Tragic. Anyway, Anyway. this was a big song for Mr... Mike Barrett. It is indeed. Better known as... Shaking Stevens. Oh, whoa, Julie. Hey, I still don't know what's behind the green door. Did you ask him? Did you interview him and ask him? No, no, I didn't ask him. No, no. Why did you not ask him? Because of other things to talk about. You know, every year... It's a Christmas podcast. I want to talk about Christmas things here. Listen, last time I spoke to Shaking Stevens, Mm. he told me every spring, as soon as as winter gets away and spring kicks in, he paints that green door. <laughs> but he does. And does then he, he fix the house again. Double varnish. Think... Yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing. He's got to get the windows done and oh, the floors yeah, and no, stuff. He's got a laminate floor now. It's hardwood. It's quite good. It's quite good. It's quite good. <laughs> it saves a lot of damage. So anyway, yeah, I caught up with Mr. Shaking Stevens. I've spoke to him before on the show, uh, but it was good to catch up with him this time. Being more Christmas related, all that kind of stuff. So I, I wanted to find out, what is a Christmas for Shaking Stevens? Last year we had a, a, a big affair, but this year, um, a f- a family uh, otherwise occupied. So I think our Christmas uh, this year will be uh, a kind of a quiet affair, really, which uh, is not a bad thing. Uh, but uh, we are uh, seeing some family uh, Christmas Eve, and then we're going to spend Christmas Eve, I guess. Uh, I'm sure we're going to find something to occupy our minds. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with... Uh, <laughs> A good old-fashioned turkey. I'm sure you will. Uh, how do you feel at this time of year then? Because obviously, perennially, you'll hear your song come round again. A Merry Christmas, everyone. How does it feel when you hear that on the radio? 
Well, it's great, you know. I mean, uh, he, as you say, Paul, he only comes around, you know, uh, once a year, and uh, you know, it's not that it's played, you know, uh, you know, twelve months a year, and of course that wouldn't be right anyway. They wouldn't fit in, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it gets played, and uh, I'm really pleased, and. Uh, you know, uh, to be up there with you know uh, your peers like Slade, uh, John Lennon, and uh, etc. of those records, uh, it's a it's a great thing. And uh, I don't know if I've said it before, but it's you know it's 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 a real. Re- it certainly was when I I released uh, uh, my Christmas song, especially Merry Christmas, everyone. You know, it, it's it's very hard to get a number one record with traditional Christmas lyrics and. Uh, you know, uh, and and it happened for me with because uh, you know the, the jocks don't start playing Christmas as you know. I think they only start playing Christmas tracks um, the first of December or even the the, the, the second week of uh, the next week after the first. But uh, anyway, he went to seven and three and one, and uh, I'm very pleased that it did that. And uh, you know, it's got all the traditional. Uh, sentiment there, and uh, I'm very pleased uh, with, uh, with with the track. It's got some Scottish connections as well, hasn't it? It has, yeah. It was written by a guy called Bob Heatley, and I think he 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 wrote that. The idea to, came to him, I think, in uh, uh, spring or or summer, or <laughs> and uh, he kind of dressed his uh, studio up with Christmas trees and uh, uh, you know cotton wool for snow and that to give him the uh, the inspiration. And uh, they sent the record. Uh, they he sent the demo down to me, and it was, this was actually in '84, and. I heard it and uh, I thought, you know, I'm definitely going to record this. You know, I believed that it was going to be a, a single figure. You know, I felt very strong. And this guy, when he made demos, he made great, great demos. So, you know, it, it was there it was there on the palette. And uh, so I, I recorded it and uh, basically we were going to put it out. But then the Band-Aid uh, record happened, uh, Great Cause Charity. And we believe that uh, uh, the record company as well believed it was a number one record. And Band-Aid, really, we, you know, with, as I say, great charity, uh, but uh, we, you can't compete with that, yeah, really. Yeah. So we, we, we held it back till the following year. Band-Aid went to number one, of course, and uh, they released uh, Merry Christmas, Everyone, uh, in 85. And uh, they released the Band-Aid again. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone went to number one and Band-Aid was number two, so uh, we were quite happy <laughs> with that. Definitely, and we get to hear it every single year, as we've said, coming around on our radios. Well, thank you very much, Shakin Stevens, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Paul, it's always a pleasure talking to you, and thank you very, very much. Have a great Christmas. So there you go, Mr. Shakin' Stevens. Merry Christmas, everyone. And as he said, supposed to be released in 84, held it back because of the Band-Aid thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, it was quite funny listening to him because he's quite proud of the fact that uh, the year after, when they did release it, they kept Band-Aid back to number two so he could have number one for Christmas. Of course, they show you. Do you think that's right or wrong, though? I mean, you know. I think it's right. I mean, second time round. I mean, yeah, on. second time round. Yeah. I agree, I agree. But it's still, music, kids. it's not the only Christmas song you did. No, it's Shake not. It, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because he also did a home one. That must have been what nineteen? <laughs> is it eighty, eighty, eighty two? Is it eighty one, eighty two, something like that? <laughs> if you're wondering about the noises Gino Conti is now making, it is Blue Christmas. His rendition of. You should see his facial. Expression <laughs> what are you doing? Are you okay? Are you okay? Hello. Hello. Hello? Hello? Oh, you're there. You're there. Okay. I told you to take a single lesson. That's that's lesson number two. I've been three lessons. That was lesson number two. <laughs> I don't want to find out what lesson number three is. We'll probably will do a bit later on though. So anyway, yeah, Shaking Stevens. Is that said, one of your favourite songs of the eighties? Christmas said, songs. She said for lesson number three, oh right? God. She said, "Can you bring some come, some tube jelly?" Oh, I think it's to lubricate your throat. I think that's what it is. In as long as it's just the throat. In case your glands go. As long as it's um, just the throat, you lubricate. What was the question? Merry Christmas, everyone. Shaking Stevens. Is that one of your favourite songs? Uh, Christmas songs of the eighties. Love it. Nobody oh. can carry off a Christmas jumper better than Shaking Stevens. Yeah. Oh, the video. If you, you notice know, the video at the start, it's a yeah. bit strange because they kind of pack this little boy off on his own on an aeroplane on his own. You kind of think, what's going on here? There, and then he gets taken to the old elf making machine factory thing, yeah. and then Shaky does the whole. Shaky's there. Next to I know. Santa it's it's amazing. And Shaky just Shaky's unfazed. I mean, so many people get excited <laughs> by meeting Santa. This is true. Santa this is true. was actually more excited about. About making meeting shaking. Also, he should to be fair. I mean, come on, it's Shaking Stevens. And I think Biggest selling singles artist of the eighties. And I think <laughs> Santa actually refers to himself now as Shaky Santa. Shaky Santa. But I think that's an age thing. I don't think it's got anything to do with meeting <laughs> Shaky Stevens. However, but Shaky Shaky doing that, the, the, you know, 
And do you know that? He blinks like a snake. If you look at the video, right? If you look at the video, yep. how many people can look up look up to the sky while it's snowing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shaky. Blinks like a snake. He's like oh, one of those, right. he's like kind of ones that remember V. Remember that V with the alien? <laughs> That's what it's like. He's like, I am just, I am just. Like, well, by England, remember when he was lost and he meets a girl and she shows him to go and then she, he shows her a few things and then they have an alien baby and it's like, star child. Do you ever watch V? It was amazing. Like, it's amazing. It was amazing. You it make it sound better to be honest. Get out eating that. She's like, I have a rat. But shaky. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, I, I made this confession last time I spoke to him and I'm going to do it on the podcast here. Back in uh, the 80s, I did a, a, a little concert for my family in uh, Queen Mary Avenue of Cleethops. Um, got the family together, got the neighbours round, old uh, Auntie Weenie came across and Thelma from across the road, she came across. I did up a little poster and everything. Me and my brother did a concert, just the one song. Wow. And I called myself Shaking Stevenson. That's amazing. Look at that, eh? Shaking Stevenson. How wow. good was that? And did you do all the moves? <laughs> I tried to, yeah. With give my yellow a, shoes. Give us a wee blast, give us a wee blast. No, it's falling all around Shouldn't play them It's brilliant, it's dramatic. See? I like it's it. Amazing, isn't it? And did you cry at the end? Did you weep? I did. And then I held my hat up like that and got pennies and that. And then did the lights get turned off at the end? I think I made about 33p from that gig. That's, that's quite pretty, good. Yeah, that's, that's, what year was that? Oof. Well, it must have been about you 85, got, 86 as well. You could have got an Ewok for that. <laughs> Ewok, yes. Ewok indoor outfit. Them. Or you could have got indoor outfit Princess Leia for 33 pence in 1986. <laughs> Why would I want a Princess Leia outfit? No, an action figure. Oh, right, okay. Thought, Why would you want a Princess Leia outfit? I don't know, that's what I thought was what you said. No, I've, I've been there. I tried that, like the Jabba the Hutt, the Princess the Slave outfit. Oof, it rode right. Oh my word, I tell you what. I thought I'd have to get surgically removed. Anyway. Anyway, speaking of surgically removed, mistletoe and wine. Oh, yes. You love the cliff. You mm-hmm. love the cliff. Now, this was mm-hmm. Sir Cliff's 99th single release. Massive tune, mistletoe. His 12th right? number one single. Amazing. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. That was. Uh, That's his middle name. It is. Cliff Phenomenal. Richard. Richard. Yeah. yeah. Biggest selling song of 88. Um, it was basically. It was, it was, it was based on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember the facts now. Hold on. <laughs> uh, I just remind me of something. Have you seen the state of Hank Marvin these days? It's like, what? Hank Marvin has lost a lot of weight. You could see he's a shadow of his father. <laughs> I got that. I got that. Uh-huh. Back to Cliff. British Elvis. Back to Cliff. Biggest selling song of 1988. It was based on a song from a play called Scraps. And the original song was kind of a bit dark. I think it yeah. was kind of um, kicking a little kid out on the street or whatever it was in, in Christmas time and all that sort of stuff. Kind of a, had a bit of an evil twist to it. Cliff liked it, uh-huh. but he was like, no, nah, no, nah, make it all religious. Make it all religious. So the writers changed it all around. Cliff sounds like Jim Bowen. <laughs> I'm not as good as you at voices. Do it, do it. Do make it. it all religious. Come and see what you could have won. <laughs> all right, do a Cliff voice. Go on, Cliff do it. Like, Come on. Hi, friends. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> That's all I can I say. I need more than that. Come on. Yeah. Oh, hi there. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> it's the facial expression. Just, right, amazing. Just stop! Just stop looking at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here go, we go. go. Hi, friends. Anyone for the tennis? I can't do Cliff. I can't do Cliff. That's Ubaka. Hey, listen, it's a mate of mine. Holidays in the Bahamas. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And he was saying he was in the gym one time in the resort he was on. Mm-hmm. He turned around. This Cliff Richard on a treadmill. <laughs> Nice. At that point, I says never buy drugs off a man again, especially <laughs> somebody you don't know. Dodgy as anything. Anyway, so yeah, mistletoe and wine. I always remember trying to mix up the, the, the words in there, you know, logs, the gifts on the fire and, and logs, logs on, on the, the tree and stuff. Gifts on the tree, a time to rejoice for you and me. It's a time for living, a time for loving, a time for cliffing, a time for stiffing. Not at all. <laughs> I'm not sure Cliff would have endorsed those lines, but yeah, they sound good to me. Uh, other big Christmas songs include. Can I just say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 yeah. Have you ever tried the mistletoe and wine trick at a Christmas party? Nope. Have you not? Have you? The way you say this, I think this is leading somewhere. What you do is you just, you, you, if you like someone, you, you think, oh, I really want to get stuck into that. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? I want to taste the water of their fountain of life. Okay? So what you have to do is you got to listen to me. If you want to learn how to do this, you need to learn instructions. Okay, okay. Oh, let me write this down. Let me write this down. Here we go. Okay, this is what we do. The mistletoe wine trick. Okay. Yeah. You have mistletoe hidden about your person somewhere, right? Technically, don't have it anywhere near the pubic area because that just won't work. I'll tell you that okay, right let now. Me just cross right. That out. So you've got mistletoe hidden about your person. Yep. Okay. And you go up to see a woman that you quite fancy. You think yep. I wouldn't mind snogging the teeth off that, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go up and you say, "Would you like some wine?" Wine. And just as you go to her, she goes with the glass of wine, just say, kiss first, 
and then you just get stuck in wines everywhere skirts off the lot like okay <clears throat> uh, what do you say to your missus after this has happened uh, I, I haven't got that far ah I only got step one that was step one okay that was missed but anyway if you have not got a, a partner I'll tell you what it is I'll tell you what it is maybe, maybe step that f- step number one is missed on mine maybe step two is Carrie doesn't live here <laughs> anymore <laughs> Carrie <laughs> got a room on the second floor well let's hope that she's a nice lady he still lady. drives that bus Cliff. devil woman do you he still drives that bus Every summer they go on holiday. Him, Una Stubbs, the wee guy that dresses like a woman. The shadows. And that's how Hank Marvin communicates to his wife. She's like, Hank, I'm making French toast. Oh, he's had a long lie. He was out last night with Bruce. Hank, I'm making French toast. Do you want some French toast? And he's like, Okay, I want seasoning for you. Do it yourself. And she cracks on. That's how they communicate. They don't talk, they've spoken like 47 years. Wow. Like Marvin and Mrs. Marvin. <laughs> Moira. Moira Marvin. Moira Marvin. <laughs> it's a great name. It's a great, it's a great name. name. I have no idea what you're That's how they speak, that's how they speak. She goes, hi, can you never tell me that you love me? And he goes like that. And that wee nod that he does is to Moira Marvin every time he performs. Every time he performs. Every time. My word, that is amazing. That is amazing. Thank you very and much for that information. I don't know if you realise this, kids. If you're just getting into the 80s, Bruce Welsh is Fonts Welsh's dad. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's all happening. I've just... It's amazing. I never sat there for two hours researching for nothing, Paul. If <laughs> <laughs> you calm down now? Are you, are you feeling okay? You okay? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Okay, we'll move on. Another big song, which wasn't actually a big song at the time, but it's a big song now and it's one that everyone knows, is The Waitresses. Christmas rapper. Christmas rapper. It's a weird one because everyone goes on about it whenever you say, What's your favourite Christmas, Christmas songs? They always say, Oh, that waitress's one. It's always up there in the top lists. Whenever you see it on the different. TV shows, whenever you hear it on the radio, it's, it's, it's out there. Everyone loves it, but didn't even get in the top 40. Um, see, it's one of those that I've only learnt about it, say, in the last maybe 10, 15 years. It's not oh, yeah, one yeah, that you yeah. always know. You always know the Slades and you know the Shakies mm. and, and the Band Aids and stuff like that and the Whams, but. The waitresses, it's like just one of those. I think get working in radio has got me more involved in it, you know? Yeah. It was a weird one because the band themselves, the waitresses, they were kind of a, a new wave act, but they weren't even big in, in, in America where they came from. They had one top 100 song. It wasn't even that one. I mean, that was it. They, they weren't yeah. like a famous band. They never came out with anything. And that was the one single which kind of did anything over here. And I think it only got to number 45 or 46. So it didn't even trouble the charts. But it, it kind of keeps coming round and round again every year. And it kind of picks up momentum and people love it. And I bet you it's on every single compilation oh, as well. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Cha-ching. Indeed. But it's quite a negative Christmas song, is it not? A lot of Christmas there's a story, songs. There's a story behind them. it where it's like, I think I'll give this, may give this yeah, one a miss or something yeah. like that. But when you think of a lot of it, I mean, last Christmas, that's all about heartbreak and stuff, isn't it? That's true. <laughs> well, what, what happened last Christmas? You should have it just you and the wife and the kids. If you're going to your brother-in-law's and that, and it's all about heartbreak, they're all falling out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's last fine. Last Christmas. So, I'm talking about the song again. Oh, well, sorry. I'm, right, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm struggling. I'm just trying to be your friend. I'm trying to give you... I'm, oh, well, I, thanks for that. Because my, my singing is a Tuesday night and Thursday night. I go to counselling, so I just try to improve my counselling skills there. <laughs> Word. Do you have any spare time at all? Just if you're not singing, you're not getting counselling. Well, I'm trying, be, I'm trying to become and... a better person. I'm trying to learn new, new things nice, in my life. Nice, new nice, yeah. like, I sometimes yeah. like to watch the sunset. Would you like to come with me? I'd love to do that. Yeah. And yeah. there's nothing more I like... Well, half past two in the afternoon, but nowadays. Well... Make it quarter to four. Okay, quarter. Do we go watch the sunset? You have It'll to hold my hand as well because I get a bit frightened. Okay. I don't like the dark. That'd be good. Anyway, moving on. Next big tune that we can talk about is uh, the Pogues and Kirsty McCall. Oh, the Pogues and Kirsty McCall. Oh, do you know what I mean? No, no, I tell you what, Fairytale New York, for me, it's not really a Christmas song either. It's just, um, it's like, yeah, I suppose it, it, for me, it's like, it's not necessarily a, a direct Christmas song. For me, it's it's a couple that are just, they've had a few drinks, they're by a piano, <laughs> and it's just, and the a, it's, yeah, but it's like, a, it's like a reflection back on the yeah. good and bad of what, and it's just, it, it's, it's a story, it's brilliant. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's a good one. And again, that's another one that's come back into the top 20 um, every year for the last eight years. Or something yeah, like that, that has been released. It's now never got to Christmas number one. It peaked at number two. Mm. And I think it's been out, it's been in the chart, yeah, eight different times since release or something like that. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And uh, do you know what kept it off the Christmas number one spot back in 87? Was it Blobby? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Who was Christmas number one, which kept off Pogues and Kirsty McCall? Cliff. Nope. John Alumu, rugby player. Nope. Because at that point he had a bad injury. I think that's where they recorded it. <laughs> it was his thigh. I'll tell you. Who was it? Pet Shop Boys, always on my mind. That was a Christmas number See, one. Can you believe it? Picture Boys always on my mind. Christmas number one, not a Christmas song. However, Christmas video, because mm. you've got you've got Chris uh, Chris Lowe driving this old fashioned car, and Michael Gambon's in the back, and and all that, <laughs> um, and Neil Tennant's doing the singing and stuff, and it was snowing, and it was just totally irrelevant. I think. Yeah. Yeah, but Michael Gambon is the only actor ever to have a corner named after him on top of you. That's all I know. <laughs> That is very true indeed. But yeah, no, I was always a bit annoyed with that um, Pet Shop Boys getting to number one. It just it wasn't even that good a song. I'm not even a big fan of that But do you know what annoys me nowadays? And see, like about the last 10 years, right? No one really does us, apart from the, last, the Darkness, about 2004 or five, whatever it was. Coldplay did one, if, you, if you're talking about that. They did one last year or the year before, didn't did they? Did they? Yeah. I don't understand why we love all the older ones and... I think Christmas is kind of nostalgic, isn't it? You kind of—it's a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling, Christmas. And when you, you when you get to Christmas, you want to hear the songs that you love. And do you know what I mean? It takes a while for them to kind of get into the psyche, I think. And when you think of the Christmas songs, you always think of eighties, kind of seventies, well, that sort of stuff. Two recent ones I know are "The Darkness" yeah. and "Don't Let the Bells End." And uh, both select a proper crimble. <laughs> yeah, that was a great tune. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But there are people that are coming back nowadays, especially 80s artists that are doing uh, kind of Christmas songs. And uh, you've got Barry Manilow. <laughs> You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town, he's got an album out at the moment called uh, the Christmas Classic Album. And believe it or not, this this actually got to number two, I think it was last week or the week before, on the AC charts in America. And in America, it's strange, it's got all these different kind of versions oh, they of the love, charts. They love them over there. But uh, yeah, got to number two, this one. I don't know if it's any higher or lower at the moment, but I know it peaked at number two. So yeah, Barry Manilow, he's out. You've got other 80s artists like Rod Stewart, he's got a, a Christmas album that's at right, the moment. Yeah, right. Merry Christmas Baby did a duet with Michael Bublé on there. Winter yeah, Wonderland. Later on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire to face unafraid the plans that we made walking in a winter wonderland. Yeah, the Christmas special and uh, it was very good. It was very good. Indeed, you've got um, a guy called Maxi Priest. He's a, a reggae artist. I just wanna be close to you. I love Maxi Priest. He's not real. He's not a real priest. Is he not? No, he's not a real priest. But he'd like what Joey did in Friends. He went online <laughs> and got a license, and he can marry. He can marry. Lovely. Uh, yeah, he's got a, a reggae styley kind of album out called Time of the Year. Wow. And there's a song on there called We Three Kings. And there's another man as well who's got a Christmas single out. It's his first Christmas single, despite being in the charts for, for a, a number of years. He's also back in the public eye after a stint in the jungle as well. Eric Bristol! Now I'm talking about a singer. The Hugo, the posh guy. Hugo from Hugo Germany the and Chelsea. Hugo, the posh guy. So here's my interview with Hugo. No, not Hugo. It's Ann and Dick. Let's get ready, let's get ready. Let's get ready. Why I bet? Let's get ready to rumble. Why I bet? Let's get ready to rumble. Why I? Why I? Why I bet? Everybody rumble. You know, I had the misfortune at the start of the 90s to see them on a roadshow bill along with the likes of Urban Cookie Collective and oh my Michelle Gale and My stuff. mate, they did a thing in Edinburgh and I think it was that similar thing. It was three or four acts and my mate, sister, worked at the establishment where it was at the Usher Hall, the Lyceum, I can't remember. But he was actually one of the, he got a job because he was quite a big, massive guy, Vic, and uh, he was one of the bouncers. Weird. Oh, well, there you go. So I am actually talking about, if we can bring you back to where I'm going, is Mr. Lamal from oh, so Kajagoogoo. Oh, do you know something? Why did I just not guess Lamar? I'm still reading that book. <laughs> Which one's it? that then, Gino? The story about the, the little boy, Bastian. <laughs> okay. I'll and he reads the story right. about the little boy. He's got the dog. He's not got a dog, he's got a horse. <laughs> and you've got the guy with the big, the big rock man and he goes, I've got big, strong hands. 
and he, the people get blown away by the nothing. The nothing's actually, it's nothing. It's like nothing from nothing leads nothing. It's like nothing. It's like a double negative. Like what is nothing? Zero minus zero is, is nothing. It's zero. It's nothing. Do you know what? My mind's standing in nothing right now. I've zero. got no idea. And then you've got mean? the big wolf. The big wolf's like, ah, come with me, Sebastian. <laughs> it's like, ah, in. And you've got the big dragon going, oh, this is good fun. What's his name? Falcor. Falcor. Hey, mental. Well, the bullies jump in the buckets and that, and the princess, you think, oh, the princess, I think, well, you want to Google Hollywood Mitchell now, whoever played the princess in Never Ending Story, you'd have a Never Ending Night, I tell you what, like, hey. Lovely. <laughs> so, taking it back to where we started, Lamal from Lamal. the jungle, oh. from Kajagugu fame, he's got a Christmas song out at the moment called London for Christmas. Now, this kind of takes it back to the, the kind of warm feeling of Christmas. You know, it's him and the piano, it's nice oh, yeah. and warm and fuzzy and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, here you are. I caught up with uh, Lamal, and here he is talking about it. At Christmas time. We've got this new Christmas song out now, London for Christmas. It's a kind of nice and warm and fuzzy feeling. It's all the piano and yourself with the vocals, and it's all the landmarks, well-known spots of London, Trafalgar Square, Thames. You mention all these sorts of places in there, and you say you've been planning it for a while now. Is this something you've always wanted to do, a big Christmas single? I have thought about writing a Christmas song for about 15 years, and I always put it off. I said it can't be done. Every lyric and every melody has been written. And a couple of years ago, I met a jazz uh, pianist uh, in, at a gig in London, and we sort of shared our love of the great American songbook and the evergreens from that that come at Christmas, like chestnuts uh, roasting on an open fire or Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas song by Judy Garland in that early black and white or, um, you know, stuff like mm. that. And White Christmas, of course, being yeah. Crosby. So um, we we said if we were going to write a Christmas song, we'd try to do something in that vein. And then uh, we talked about, you know, well, where, you know, where do you go? How do you write something new? And and then we looked at these other um, fine songs that, uh, that, you know, that use the... Uh, that have a story based in this great cities that we love, like mm. Paris or New York, New York Chicago, etc. So um, we thought about London, and 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 um, you know, and and that kind of gave us a way in. Is it something that's close to your heart as well? I mean, because you sing it from kind of a point of view of two lovers and all that sort of stuff. Is it something you'd like people to relate to in a way? Um, well, it's two, it's two lovers set against the backdrop of a world-class city, in this case, London, instead of Paris, New York, Chicago. And I, uh, what I like about it, I think there's a real optimism in the song, the planning of the couple in love, oh, this is what we're going to do. Because in, in this story, they're kind of going back to London, they've been mm. there before. And um, I, always, I think optimism, you know, is so important in life. The Christmas tree will be beautiful in Trafalgar Square. We'll do selfridges for shopping and cocktails in Mayfair. London for Christmas. It's nice to hear Lamal do a fresh new song because when he was in I'm a Celebrity Get Me Here, when he was in the jungle, he kept putting new lyrics to like his other songs. I think he shy, said he's, he was doing that for a bit of fun, though. I don't, you know. Just... But even after the jungle, he was yeah, doing it. He was like stopping them at the hotels and walking in. He's like, too shy, shy, hush, hush, left, right eye. <laughs> he was just making all these songs up and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? It's funny because uh, when I spoke to him, he actually talked about his time in Kajagugu as well. Where did the name come from? It's one of those bizarre names, like you said. Where did it come from? The question I've never been asked before. I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a totally valid question because I, you know, I'm always interested in where uh, bands get their names. I was doing some research recently and I was fascinated that Level 42 got their name from the, simply they were in a, an, an elevator in Japan and, the, and it said Level 42. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it can be as frivolous as that. We'll best not touch on the name for 10cc then, where that came from, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, actually. Oh, do you not? Well, I think you look that up when we finish the interview. That's okay, I'll look go. that one up. Okay, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Um, the uh, the bass player, Nick, he walked into rehearsals and he said, guys, I, I come up with this word overnight, Kajagoogoo. 
And I actually loved it immediately, but it took uh, quite a few days to convince the rest of the guys. My word, I can imagine. Something like that's pretty difficult to sell, but the music wasn't hard to sell at all, was it? The single Too Shy was absolutely massive, wasn't it? Yeah. At its peak, they couldn't print... Uh, enough records, uh, vinyl, of course, mm. in those days, at the EMI pressing plant. They had to get another pressing plant. Uh, 30,000 copies a day were selling, and it ultimately it went on to sell you know, millions around the world and was number one everywhere, including top five in America. It certainly was. It was a huge single, and you also had uh, huge hits as a solo artist as well, and the big one being Never Ending Story, which was a number one, was it something daft, like 16 different countries around the world or something like that? Yep, another huge hit. And the irony of that is that, you know, would I have done that song if I hadn't been fired yeah. from Kajigugu? You know, it's a bizarre sort of double-edged sword. But uh, getting a call from the producer and writer, Georgia Moroder, to do that song is a bit like if you're an actor and you get a call from Steven Spielberg. Mm. And um, I just uh, I was, I just thought I'm going to watch and learn when I meet this guy. Indeed, and he obviously worked with the likes of Simple Minds and... Um uh, Phil Oakey as well as many as well as many others indeed. But anyway, thank you very much for joining us, Lamar. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. And if you don't mind just introducing your huge single Too Shy just for us here, that would be perfect. Haha. Um, yeah, great to talk to you as well, Paul. Um, uh, this is that song that you'll never be able to get away from. But we wrote in the council flat living room in Leighton Buzzard all those years ago. It's still sounding good. Have a great Christmas. Speak to you soon. Christmas in the 80s was never better, but if, in my opinion, Christmas 80s films were not the best. I mean, musically, the 80s ruled when it came to Christmas time, but I think when you think of Christmas films, the 80s kind of is a struggle period. There's not many... There's a, there's a couple. I mean, there's a couple of big films set at Christmas, like the Gremlins and Die Hard, but in terms e. of actual, yeah, in terms of actual uh, films which... A Christmas film for me is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yep. is amazing. Yeah, Scrooged. Scrooge. Uh, I like Scrooge. I like that Bill Murray's performance. Uh, at the time, I like it, but it's, it's a tough watch now. Mm. It, it's good, but to be fair, it's not. It's not the Bill Murray's fault. It's not the movie's fault. It's a fact that Christmas Carol's been done. I don't know. I mean, even the Muppets yeah, have been at it. Yeah, Michael Caine's in the Muppet one. Don't you? <laughs> don't you? Don't come up. Come, 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 come. That's true. Anyway, anyway but, um, Scrooge Bill Money. Bill Money at the time, he was massive. That was like in the back of Ghostbusters. Mm. He rode the success. He was he, he's a great performance in there as well. If you actually look at his performance and you take his performance really good. as the film, it was and fantastic. And it's, it's a good idea how they change it where he's like this massive big sort of businessman and all yeah, that. He doesn't yeah. give a toss about anybody else. Yeah. Call security. Have them change his locks, clean out his desk and toss him out of the building. Oh, he's fired? But it's Christmas. Thank you. Call accounting. Stop his bonus. For me, trading places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set yeah. at Christmas, Set sort of a Christmas kind of, film. Yeah, New Year sort of thing, yeah. It had all the, yeah, well, it sort of built up over yeah, the Christmas yeah. period. Because remember, Dan Aykroyd stealing the food from the buffet <laughs> and stuff in the Santa suit, it's all stained and stuff. <laughs> but just it tells a story, and it was a nice way to tell them the, the meaning of the right and wrong. Yeah, and true. For the way you yeah. treat people, it reflects on you and all that sort of thing. And what's her name's in it? Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis played <laughs> a prostitute. I mean, it's like, it, yeah. hey, totally. It's like, what's the, you know, what's the crack with that? You yeah. know? Do you know wow. the lesson to learn from that? Never invest in orange juice. Never. Wait, I'll take it over that. <laughs> I better phone my broker. Hold on. Wait, you haven't just spent a fortune on Tropicana, have I you? Might have, I don't. Uh-uh. Wait, just a sec. Just wait a sec. Uh, I'll just make a quick phone call. Sorry, everyone. Gino will be with you in a second. Hi there. Hi, it's, it's, it's Mr. Conti. Um, yeah, my um, my fund, uh, my hedge fund number is is 146209ZF. Yeah, yeah. No orange juice. Leave it. Leave it. Pork bellies. We'll go for that. Pork bellies. Right, okay, Bill. All the best. The wife. All the best. <laughs> right, thank the Lord you told me that. Like, pork bellies it is. Pork bellies. Good stuff, good stuff. So Eddie Murphy, <clears> yeah, <throat> I think Eddie Murphy was great in that film as well. Oh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie great Murphy when he's it. trying to be blind. He's <laughs> 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 start up. with no legs and they pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see. I can walk. <laughs> I can see. I can see. I have, le- I can- I have legs. Look at this. Man. I can walk. Jesus. Praise Jesus. I appreciate this. Oh, this is beautiful. I can't believe it. Thank you. I don't know what to do. Glory be to God. Praise Jesus. Look at me. This is too much. 
Played in places, amazing movie. Oh, and you, the older, there's a lot older cast, like uh, is it Don Amici, whatever his name is. They sort oh, of, uh, yeah, yeah. they're they're the sort of older brothers that yeah. they eventually they'll bet for a pound and yeah. they, they double cross. Oh, Trading Places, fantastic movie. It's a fantastic great movie. Uh, going back to National Lampoons because that is probably one of my favourite Christmas films of all time. I love it. Chevy Chase in there, he is just an amazing performance in it. And my favourite scene has got to be, I don't know if you remember it, but the one where they're in the kind of lingerie and he's shopping for lingerie. For the, there's and another Santa sort of thing for his wife. Is it the red no, and white? No, no, no. It's when he's looking at like the knickers and stuff and that the woman comes over with the um, revealing cleavage and he's giving it, uh, you can't stop laughing, he's giggling away and <laughs> it's a bit nipply out. Oh, nipply out. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. It's absolutely hilarious. Gets me every single time. Can I show you something? Oh. I was just uh, smelling. Smiling. I was just blouse browsing. <laughs> For your wife or your girlfriend? What? What happened? <laughs> Woof! Oh, I guess it wouldn't be any. Oh. <laughs> wouldn't be the Christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are. Harder than they are. Woof! It is warm in here. Well, you have your coat on. Yes. Oh, do I? How did that happen? Because it's cold out. Yes. It is it's a bit nipply out. I mean nippy out. <laughs> what am I saying? Nipple? <laughs> oh, there is a nip in the air, though. Can I take something out for you? Chevy Chase, right, is just amazing. Uh, do you remember Fletch and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. But the National Lampoons, I mean, it started off, what was it? Family Vacation was the first one. It was a European vacation European, well. yeah, that's the woman yeah. to go, and uh, the brother, does he not snog some, uh, some get on... Wrong. Oh, and it's just—it's just hilarious. This is him and his wife because it's that Beverly D'Angelo of it. It's when yeah. they all got the tents and the kids are sleeping. He goes, "Okay, honey, I'm going for it." It's like, Get in that tent. Everyone can hear you. You bandit. But oh, Chevy Chase. He was one of my faves. Like he was on my face. Oh, he was good. Like faves. he was good. He was good. So yeah, Christmas films were all right back in the eighties, but I think we could probably leave that there. What about Christmas songs that you might not remember? Though I'm going to try and stump you with some of these. Now let me just research my 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 research here from the film. Do you remember Mavis Staples' song Christmas Vacation? So maybe Staples' Christmas Vacation is a great song and it fits in nicely with the film and everything like that. Never really had any hits over here, nobody really heard of it. But what about this one? It was taken from a 1980 um, album, basically cashing in on Star Wars mania. This is R2-D2's We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Amazing. Can I do my impression of C3PO? If you must. Sorry, sorry, pal. What? Sorry, sorry, pal. <laughs> I, I can't do Anthony Daniels, so I try and do, like, I've amalgamated it. From the album Christmas in the Stars, it was an album of songs from Star Wars characters, and it was kind of it, it was a weird one. It was like they were a set in this planet where they were helping the droids were helping make all the toys and stuff. Oh, wow. it was a bit weird, but anyway, um, Love if land. you've got the maybe if you've got the Chris if you've got the cassette of that album, then hold on to it because that is worth a lot of money nowadays. It's How really much? really difficult to get a hold of. I don't know. Is it is worth? I don't know exactly, but all I know is it's a it's a rare commodity. Probably worth a few bob. Is it worth as much as Princess Leia in Endor outfit? <laughs> uh, you could have got it for thirty three cents. I could have got thirty three p back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. Back in the day. Oh well. What about this one then? Uh, Brian Adams, you brought out a Christmas song. Let's oh, have a quick Adams. listen to this. We waited Yeah, it's alright. Bit nothing. But the B-side featuring Pee Wee Herman in the video was this one. Reggae Christmas. Wow. I've got it right here. I'm going to play it. Was he a Rasta? Was he who? Brian Adams. Tell you what, he should have been arrested for that. (laughs) I've got it on uh, LP just here. I'm going to put it on. Alright, do you mind? Have you got an LP here? (gasps) Right, go for it. Is that your Christmas album over there? 
the one you got signed. I thought that wasn't yours. Why have you still got it here? It's not mine. It's not mine. That's it's been there since episode Hold one. There we go. There we go. There we go. Shh, shh, shh. That's an amazing play. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? Don't, don't, well, you just scratch the record doing that. Well, that's the only way I know how. What do you mean? You don't just pull the blooming arm off. I was brought up by apes. Oh, you ever seen a monkey try to take a record of a record player? I've kept this in mint condition since 1985, and you're going to needle off. I'm sorry, you blame a monkey dad. I was left in the jungle like Tyler Greystoke. I was in the jungle, and all they had, all they had was, was a banana leaf roof, right, and a wee sort of um, bamboo hut. I thought you were Italian. And a record player. I was brought up by monkeys, though. Like Romulus and Remus, they were brought up by wolves. This is just outside was... of Rome, is it? My, my real name's Greystoke. My real surname. Okay. But I changed it. It's my stage name's Conti. But I'm really... Gino Greystoke. I'm, I'm really like a descendant of Tarzan. That's why I was so good at singing Baltimore's Tarzan Boy. Yes, that's true. Right, but my point is, you ever seen a monkey take a record of a record player? He just goes... <laughs> and that's it. And then that happens. I'm sorry. Seen a gorilla play the drums. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, what do you make of that then? Reggae Christmas, Brian Adams. Should I like he have stuck to the old uh, guitar or do you think reggae's his thing? I feel that Brian Adams has made a little, little mistake. And oh. the mistake is not having a reggae Christmas. The mistake is not releasing that instead yeah. of everything I do do for you. Oh, that, right, should, okay. that should have been reggae Christmas, should have been the theme tune to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And he would have got more than his 16 <laughs> weeks at the top. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture it in the film now. So he's there with the bow and arrow about to shoot and it's like, reggae Christmas. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, it'll work. I can see that working, kind of. Anyway, what about this one then? Joey and Ramon, the Ramones, Merry Christmas from 1987. It's got a good message. It's a good message. It's a good message. I like it. Joey Ramon, um, uh, 1987, didn't actually chart anywhere. I think it came out on like a Best Of or something like that. Um, must have been four or five years ago now. Yeah. 85 tracks on three CDs, and it was amongst all that, and I loved it. It's a great song. But I think as a musical artist, I mean, thinking about the Ramones there and thinking about um, Brian Adams, if you're a musician, you'll try anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever hear Hank Marvin's Christmas song he did? No. This Christmas is a shadow of last Christmas, is what it was called. Do we hear how it went? Love to. And he was seemingly practicing upstairs. His wife's like, ah, All right, Marvin, I'll get the French toast on. That's a true story. Indeed. Um, what about Madonna? Do you remember her Christmas hit? Oh, did she not do? I think she shouldn't have done, but yeah. she did. Santa baby, slip a stable under the tree for me. Being an awful good girl, Santa baby, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Did she do it with Sean Healy when she did it? Because she didn't sound like Madonna. <laughs> I don't know, she's putting kind of like a New York yeah. kind of Do you know, thing. a little bit like Jessica Rabbit, who framed Roger oh, Rabbit, right, she's yeah. trying to sound like Kathleen Turner, and Madonna's tried it. But to be fair, recently Kylie did Santa Baby and she did that. Yeah, true. I just think the Madonna one is just, it's just horrible. It's cringe. really is. I don't like it. No. I mean, I'm not a fan of the song as it is, but I'll tolerate it until I hear that. I'll tolerate it. Yeah. I mean, that's why her and Sean Penn divorced. It had nothing to do with Shanghai Surprise being rubbish. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, all the physical abuse, nothing like that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was all due to that single. It was, it was. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see that. And that came out on the DVD extra of If Carlitos Way. Sean Penn's talking <laughs> about his, his, his character, how he got into that, you know, how he got into that desperate, nervy, needy sort of persona. And he says, I just imagine Madonna was coming home. That's what he said. We well, didn't speak like that, obviously. He's not Scottish. 
Okay, thanks for that, John Penn. And one more song, just to see if you remember this one. It's a guy called Billy Squire. Remember him? Billy Squire. Hmm. Never had a hit over here. He was quite big over in America. Though. I think he had 10 or 11 kind of top 100 hits. As they Would I know any there. of his big hits? Um, the Stroke, In the Dark. That's two different songs. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that's more than just two different songs. The Stroke, In the Dark. That'll get you chucked at the cinema. That'll get you thrown at the cinema right there. The Stroke, In the Dark. You know, I was going to say, I'll turn it around and say In the Dark, The Stroke, but that still sounds a bit stroke, dodgy. The Stroke, In the Dark, the more you do it, the blinder you get, <laughs> the more difficult it gets. Yeah? That, that's his album. That's, the, that's the, just, the, just the track listing off his debut album. Huh? The Stroke in the Dark. <laughs> wow. No, that's two different songs. But yeah, okay. Um, uh, this one is called Christmas is the Time to Say I Love You. Big favourite on the US festive circuit. Um, it's nice. It's a B-side to My Kind of Lover. There you go. Oh, I like that. I like Something different. You're my kind of lover. I just thought we'd throw out some 80s Christmas songs you might not remember. So yeah, you go. You don't remember that one. I feel privileged. I feel absolutely privileged. But different. can I just say, we forgot one thing. What? Oh, the chocolates! No chocolates, no chocolates. Oh, look! I've got chocolates for the podcast! I was going to give you some chocolates because it's Christmas and everyone eats chocolates at I'm Christmas. Look, 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 look. Oh, look. I've eaten most of them, but... Let's check the, the date. Oh, I can't believe I forgot. 14th, what a great host I am. 14th of March, 2012. These are last Christmas's chocolate, you bandit. I'm not eating chocolates are out of date. You're not even getting your present anymore. Don't speak to me. Don't look at me. So, what a wonderful podcast. <laughs> 80s at Christmas. Is that it? Have we done for the I year? That's, that's it, yeah. Can you believe it? Wow. How many is that? Number five? Five. I think we said about oh. 55 times at the start of the podcast. Five. Number five. Talking about movies. I know it's not a Christmas movie, oh. but it's maybe sometimes on at Christmas time. Number five is alive. <laughs> Johnny number five. Yes, that's Short a, circuit. Yeah, wow, that's, that's a one. great movie. That's a great movie. I wish I could read books as fast as him. Oh, my word. My wife reads like that. Is she? That's how unbelievable. That's, that's her nickname, Johnny Five is Alive. She's got a few attachments. It's quite good. <laughs> she calls me she calls me Steve, like Steve Gutenberg. She makes her nice. like Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. Nice. What was the who was the woman in it? Was she she's quite attractive. It's good, it's good. <laughs> number five is it. See, that's the thing. Nowadays we've got iPods and iPod touches. Yeah. Oh what a number five is alive. Eh? I'll sing that out with my tunes. And he's like, ah, your songs are ready. Read this book for me. Input, input, need input. It does all that. Yeah, amazing. Number five is alive. He's not actually alive. Do you think we'd crash it nowadays with the internet? Hey, no. just plugged him into the, the internet or something like that and he got on Wikipedia or something. Brrrr, like that. <laughs> be like in pieces. Number five is boom. Yeah. It's destroyed <laughs> Google. Adam, 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 Adam. Holy crap, you can read. Ah, input. My input. I, I think society would kill number five now. I don't think the kids would like it. They'd be like, oh, can I plug my Dr. Dre headphones into it? It's like, you shut your face. <laughs> Mummy and Daddy had to, had to sell your brother to buy you that. What's wrong with you, you idiot child? Eh? <laughs> oh, this is true. Yeah, it's true. They wouldn't appreciate it. They wouldn't appreciate it. We appreciate it because we were like, ah, oh, well. Because when we were, do you know what I mean? It's like the fact when ET came out, right? Mm. And then what did you get if you wanted the ET doll? It was like, like it was like leathery thing. Yeah. yeah. And it was rubbish. Yeah. Didn't have moving eyes. No. It barely didn't have separate fingers like in the movie. It was just well, at least like yours flaps. had a lighting up finger. Mine was just a painted red end thing. Yeah, but I told you I might have to take that off. But right. that's what I'm saying. But they were crap. They were rubbish toys. Yeah. Nowadays it's like, oh, can I get one of those iPods? Oh, can I get one of those thingies? Or can I get a Hoover that does itself? Hoover itself. <laughs> or can I get that? Or can I get those white headphones? Because everyone else has got them. Uh, I don't actually use them. I'm just going to wear them around my neck. It's like, what the hell? Number five should come back, and number five should bring number six, seven, eight, nine, ten up to about four thousand and eight, and then they should just. Just take over the world. That's what I'm talking about. If Steve Gutterbrug comes back, he's done a bit of work. He still looks like Mahoney out of Police Academy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Remember the boy in Police Academy used to make other noises? Remember? Number yeah. <laughs> 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 My favourite was always Hightower. I loved him. Oh, Hightower. He was yeah. just so tall and strong. <laughs> so tall and strong. I tell you, hell, I tell you who's not that t- as tall as Hightower, but he's just as strong, maybe oh. a little bit stronger, probably a faster runner, John Aluma. And here's his Christmas song. So that's it, that's the 80s well, Christmas podcast. Just before Sorry? before before we sign off, because right. this will be us for the year, okay. I just want to say thanks very much for letting me come along and do your podcast with you. I just want to say to you, I've got, I got you a wee present. No way. I hope you don't mind. So You can open it right now if you don't have to wait until Christmas. All right, okay. Open it right now. Genuine. 
Chocolate, you know, I saw that. I saw that present, and I thought you. I, was, I could have got you anything from the east. I saw this, and I thought you. I wrapped up nice and warm. Why is it warm? I wrapped up. I wrapped up nice and warm. I wrapped up nice and nice and secure. Oh, oh, I didn't rip it. I'm going to use that. A big pen. Yeah, well, it's, it just sort of fell in the bag as I was wrapping it up. All right, wait till you get the big present. Wait till you get the big present. It's a mug. Eh? Are you taking the mic? No, it's a mug. I love the 90s. Oh, what is it? <laughs> I love the 90s. Well, they were all on one shelf. It was like 50s up to... Are you being serious? They were all on one shelf. And I looked away. Somebody called my name and I looked over... You've not even taken the price off the bottom. Reduced 29p. What, do you get how much to a full price? <laughs> you didn't even bother buying me a proper present. It's a present. A 90s present. It's an 80s podcast. I'm 80s Paul. Follow me on Twitter, he's Paul. I'm an egg. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And also, you, to do hold to on, me. wait a minute. And also, you like to follow me? I'll follow you. Like sorry, Genesis. Uh, it's the Gino Cotton. Twitter. I'm not having any more of this. Don't have come. your blooming <laughs> back. I'm off. <laughs> Stupid podcast. <laughs> Christmas cheer. Anyway, that's that's the podcast for just now. Um, I think I'll leave you with one of my favourite songs of the Christmas period. It's from everyone's favourite New Zealand rugby player. I'll leave you now. Have a Merry Christmas. Here's John Alubu. Merry Christmas. You still love me, though, eh? Love it. Love it. The 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Get more from the North's number one radio station at mfr.co.uk.